0: it is Jesus that makes today truly glorious. Welcome to the Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church. Please turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 7 verses 1 to 6. Please remember that believers are dead to and freed from the law. Today, we will see a new truth in these verses. It's an explanation The law triggers sin. Last, we will see some practical warnings about choosing to live under the law again. And now, with this message for today, is our pastor, Robert Elliott.
1: Back to chapter 7, verse 4. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, that you might be joined together to him who was raised from the dead, that, result, purpose, we might bear fruit. For God, you've been saved to bear fruit. You have been redeemed to be fruitful. Are you? Does the person who works beside you at your workplace see godly fruit in your attitudes, your words, your work habits? Do the children in your home see godly fruit as you interact with them? We have been co-crucified with Christ and disengaged from the law of sin and death so that we can produce godly fruit. And so now we're to the application. The bottom line application of this verse, these verses rather, in 1 to 6, is this. We are dead to freed from the law. We are dead to the law and we are freed from the law. Again, verse 7-4. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die... To the law through the body of Christ, that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might bear fruit for God. And so far, we've seen, just to recap, we've seen a principle that the dead are free from the law. We've seen an illustration, marriage. We've seen an application that we are dead to and freed from the law. And now, the last thing is an explanation. An explanation, verses 5 and 6, chapter 7. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. So here's the explanation. The law triggers sins. The law triggers sins. Have you ever noticed how rules kind of encourage the breaking of themselves? If the speed limit is 30, then we do 40. If the speed limit is 40, then we do 50. If the speed limit is 50, then we do 60. Rules foster rule-breaking. I love this illustration. The flagship hotel in Galveston, Texas, is built right next to the water. Large plate glass windows adorn the dining room, which is at the lowest floor. However, the windows kept getting broken by guests fishing from the balconies with heavy sinkers. They used to cast from their rooms into the water, but the lines were often too short, and so the crash against the window with the sinker, Broke the window pane, So here's what they had to put up. Finally, management removed the no fishing from balcony signs. There were no fishing from balcony signs, so they fished from balconies. And they thought they'd solve the problem, take the sign down. That's amazing. And the windows haven't been broken since they took down the signs. No fishing from balconies. Now watch this. Since the law triggers sinning, therefore to choose to live under the law is to choose to get beat up by the law of sin and death. Did you hear that? Since the law triggers sinning, therefore to choose to live under the law is to choose to get beat up by the law of sin and death. 725, thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then on the one hand I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh the law of sin. And then skipping down to verse 2 of chapter 8. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. But we can tie ourselves in to the law of sin and death if we choose to live under the law as to earn a performance-based acceptance with God. But you say... Pastor Rob, uh, this is all theory for me because I I would never choose to live under the law. Uh, Maybe you don't, but most likely you do from time to time, from situation to situation. For, For example, when you apply the Old Testament Saturday Sabbath law to your Sundays, when you conclude even privately that God will love you more if you try harder to please him, when you compare what you're doing in the church Your spiritual performance to someone else, either to make yourself proud or to make you feel guilty. When you have your own little list of sins that are worse than any other sins to you. When you have a nagging private doubt that you or someone else can lose salvation for a poor spiritual job performance. When we do any of those things, we choose to live under the law, we re engage with the law. And we're bound to have fruits less than the quality God would have us to have. Now, before wrapping up this message, by way of a review, I want to give you some priceless nuggets from Galatians. So hold your places in Romans and go back further into the New Testament, please, to Galatians. Galatians was a very intense book written to battle legalism written to battle the concept that believers had to be circumcised and keep the Jewish dietary Old Testament laws in order to be truly saved. And Paul with vehemence, Paul with emphasis, Paul with urgency argued against to say that salvation is by grace through faith plus nothing. And he said at the end of Galatians, look with what large letters I write in my own hand. You know why? Because he had a secretary that carefully wrote down the inspired word of God for all his other books and he just told the secretary what God told him to write. But in this letter he was so incensed and so concerned and so burdened that people were adding to grace and faith in Christ that he grabbed the quill at the end of the letter and because his eyes were still not totally healed from the road to Damascus, that's my conclusion, he said see with what large letters I i write in my own hand he wanted them to know what i want you to know that salvation is by grace through faith in the person and work of jesus plus nothing plus nothing and so galatians 2 16 listen nevertheless knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law But through faith in Christ Jesus, even though we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Since by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. That's pretty clear. Verse 21, same chapter. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. That's pretty clear. Galatians 3.11, now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident for the righteous man shall live by faith. That's also clear. Verse 24 of chapter 3, therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ that we may be justified by faith. That's clear. Chapter 5 verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to to a yoke of slavery. That's clear. It's very clear. And the fact is that believers in Jesus are disengaged from the law. Therefore, do not re-engage yourself to the law. That would be a shame. That would be a recipe for frustration. That would be a sad thing of a large proportion. Instead, be engaged with Christ. Be engaged with Christ and with his Holy Spirit who lives within you and with his righteousness. So don't yield to the law of sin and death. Instead, yield to the Spirit of God who resides inside of you.
0: Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers.
2: Good morning. This is Pastor Nicholas, and you're listening to another edition of Youth Talk. And today we want to continue to talk about how we can be reconciled with Christ and how Christ forgave us of our sins. And and the last time we looked and we stopped at Romans 5, it says, But God proves His love for us, and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Again, this is the truth that we need to understand that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. When we wanted nothing to do with Christ, he died. And verse 9 says this, How much more then, since we have now been declared righteous by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? You see, all of us who are listening to this broadcast, we need to understand that we all struggle with one simple word, and that is sin. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, we are all sinners. We all have a need of a Savior. We all need to be saved by something. It's just like a person who, as we consider that, as we consider what that verse is saying, there's none of us who can say that we can throw a rock from here to Andrus. We fall short of what God would have us to do. And we all deserve the wrath of God. But God said, I'm going to save you from that. I'm going to send my son to die for you so that you can have a relationship. And that is what we are saved That when we come in this relationship. When God has reconciled our relationship, we are saved from the wrath of God. Verse 10 says, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Again, as we consider, as we talked about a little bit last week, we talked about how we were Christ's enemies. We wanted nothing to do with God, nothing at all. But here it is. God said, I'm going to send my son to die for you, to reconcile you. So when we consider that, what hope do we have that if he sent his son to die for us so that we could be reconciled, that we have this hope that we have been saved by him? Nothing that we have done. We can't earn this gift of salvation. There's nothing that we can do to say, I'm good enough because none of us are good. No, not one. And the Bible tells us in Romans six twenty three, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You see, we need to understand that as we consider that our wages, was what we deserve is death because of our sin. We are separated from God. But God came down and sent his son and said, I am going to send my son to die for you to reconcile you to a relationship with me. You see, we need to understand what a gift of salvation it truly is. And I know we live in a country where we go to churches and we hear the gospel message that Christ died for my sin and he rose again. And we all know that. But the reality is, do we know that? We know a lot about it. But has that made a difference in your life? Has that changed you? Because when we consider that somebody has died for you, it should change your life. It should change your direction. It should change how you go about life. You see, as, as a, a young person listening to this and again, you may say to yourself, well, I already know all this. I know that Christ died for my sin, and I have accepted Christ. But I want to ask you a question. Would someone truly know that? Would they see Christ in you? You know, one, one of our pastors here, he likes to use the illustration to say that if you were put in, in court, would you be found guilty to be a Christian? And I think that's a question that we all need to ask ourselves. If we were put before the court, would the evidence against us say whether or not we are truly a Christ follower or are we truly following the world? Because that's the only choice that we have. And as we continue this series on talking about how to embrace the life of a Christ follower, we need to understand that first of all, we need to be a Christ follower before we embrace the life. We can't embrace the life until we, uh, we know that we have a relationship with Christ, and we know that He has reconciled us to this relationship. Verse 11 says, that not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. Again, you're listening to this and, and you, act your, you, you need to ask yourself that question, do I truly know Christ? Have I been reconciled? And we need to understand that the reconciliation does not depend on us. But it depends on what he's already done for us. Because I can't save you. Your mommy and daddy can't save you. you, you, Whoever it is, they can't save you. The only thing that can save you that you can have hope in this world is to know that you have a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ and you have been reconciled in this relationship with him. You see, it doesn't depend on whether I've been good enough because none of us are good enough. We're going to always fail But we have a secure hope to know that we have received a gift of salvation that God has secured for us. Not that it depends on me. Because if it depends on any of us, we would fail every single day of our lives. So I just want to thank you again for listening to another edition of You Talk. And I hope you have a good day.
0: Bye. It's time now for today's personal God story. Well, good morning. We have... DeWitt and Sally
1: Simonette in our radio studio, and I'm going to be speaking with them about their God stories, their testimonies, and I know that they have a lot to share. You've told us about your upbringing and how God provided for your family's very important needs of food, and that showed you that truly there is a God, and then you had a a missionary couple that were friendly and kind yeah, yeah. and they uh, built into your life and spent time with you and then they even asked your mom if they could take you yeah. with them on some missionary work in an airplane and uh, told you that, that you don't have to be in Africa or somewhere abroad to be, so a be a missionary and then the plane crashed and you all survived and then the missionary asked you where you would have gone had you died, heaven or hell. Wow, well, that is a story. Yeah. So something that strikes me about this too is that he, the missionaries wanted you to be near them even though they knew you weren't a believer yet. Yes. They wanted to influence you yes. with their lives. Yes. And I think that we who are Christians. Yes, we should speak for the Lord, but we should also just be near people and influence them by our changed lives, right? Right.
3: Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. So um, what happened next? After the crash? Yes. <laughs> well, when he got the plane fixed, I was a bit fearful. I didn't want to go. Uh-huh. But he said, now, you know the Lord, so if we die, we die together. That's <laughs> true. <the story>. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, yeah. 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 So, so I, I, I still got down to Eleuthera. He took me to Eleuthera. That's how I met the Brit. I met down in Luther,
1: yeah. What settlement did you meet your husband at? I
3: I met him down in Luther, yeah. 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 Roxanne? Roxanne in Luther, yeah. Oh,
1: I love Luther. It's beautiful. And I went down
3: with them, and um, we we met then. We met, and... um, uh, and well, we got a about I
1: was told about it long before we met. Yeah. Your husband said he was told about you. Good things about you long before you
3: yeah, met. Yeah, yeah. But they told me, said, I've got somebody I want to, to meet. I said, Oh, really? So they said, Yeah, but decent in Luther. So I said, Well, I probably never see him because Mama didn't want me to go anywhere. So I just to stay home. I, I was the one who took care of the house and all that stuff because my brother he was working. In the boat, so I had to stay there with mom. Yes.
1: yes. Sister yes. Sally, do you have a favorite Bible verse?
3: There's so many. I know. Psalm 27. I like the last word. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. Wait, I say on the Lord, and he will strengthen your heart.
1: There, there are some yes. listeners today
3: yes.
1: that are on the family yes. islands or in Nassau, uh, South Florida, yes. who need that verse. Would you please say it again?
3: Psalm 27. I think it's the last three verses or two verses to the bottom. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And He will strengthen your heart.
1: That's so Wait, lovely. I
3: say, on the Lord. That's
1: right. It's truth. It is absolute truth. Yeah. And when we wait on the Lord, yeah. it's not uh, twiddling our thumbs absent-minded waiting. Mm-hmm. The Hebrew word means to actively expect. Sort of like uh, if uh, the, a bride is is anticipating her wedding day, yes, yeah. she's actively expecting things to happen in the light of her wedding day. Yeah. And that's how we're to wait on the Lord, with expectation and alertness mm-hmm. that he uh, will move and act and answer in ways that uh, will be exciting and will be just on time. Yeah. Sort of like your mama when she had you set the table Mm. she was waiting on the Lord she was actively watching to see how he would provide she was confident that he would provide and then you said excuse me mom (laughs) I see someone coming toward the house wearing or having bags of food and so you know that's what it means to wait on the Lord and if you're listening this morning and and you're in a marriage or a work situation or a health situation money Mm -hmm. situation Mm. that you are you are not knowing where to turn, what to do, wait on the Lord. Uh, Wait on the Lord for your answers and and your help. And be of good courage. Be of good courage. And if you've never trusted the Lord Jesus to be your Savior, wait on the Lord for salvation.
3: Yes.
1: Wait on the Lord for uh, forgiveness of your sins and a place in heaven one day. And uh, that will be... A decision that you will never regret, but you need to respond to Christ. Mm. You need to know that he died in your place, paid for your sins, rose from the dead and is wanting to totally take over your life to make you better, to make you new, Mm. to give you peace, to give you direction, Mm. to give you a purpose in life. And so I urge you who are listening today who don't know Jesus as your Savior, that put your faith in Him. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to pray with you to help you. This is not a magic prayer. This is just talking with God. Mm-hmm. And if this is what you want to pray from where you are listening to your radio this morning, then you make this your personalized prayer. Shall we pray? Lord, I am a sinner. And I know that I have fallen short of holiness. And I believe that I don't deserve forgiveness. Mm. And I know that I do not deserve heaven. I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ loved me so much that he died on the cross for me. Mm. And that he didn't die to show me how to die. He died in my place. Mm. I believe that he died in my place to pay the sin debt that I owed. And then tell the Lord, and I also believe that he rose from the dead Mm. because his payment for my sin was adequate. Tell the Lord, you're not going to try to add anything to what Jesus did for you but you want to live a thank you kind of life to him. Tell the Lord that you want him to change you from the inside out to make you a whole new person. Ask the Lord to uh, give you a confidence that he has saved you, a confidence based on the Bible. And then ask him to show you the first few steps of your new life in Christ as Sally did in her experience. Now that you've trusted Christ to be your Savior, ask God to help you to speak about Him, even today before you go to bed. Ask Him to give you courage and boldness to tell the people around you that you are saved, that you are Christ's, that you are new. And then lastly... Ask the Lord to help you find a good church, a church that believes the Bible and who teaches and preaches the Bible, a church where there's friendliness and love and warmth, a church where there's a concern for lost people, a church where uh, people come to church not to be seen or out of a duty but that they come to church Sunday by Sunday because of the love of God and the love of the word. And then ask the Lord to help you to grow in grace and in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior. Ask God to help you to have an appetite for the Bible, to read it on your own, and then to follow the preacher on Sundays when he preaches it. I would like to pray for those of you who have trusted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the listeners who have just now trusted Jesus and only Jesus to make them right with you, Lord. I praise you for working in their lives. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I thank you for the exciting new and abundant life you have for them in Christ, that they do not have to be the old person they once were, but they can be new in Christ that they can cry about what they used to laugh over and laugh about what they used to cry over.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Lord, because you've made them new. Help these, Lord, to find a church. If they do not have a Bible-believing and preaching church, help them to find one, to make that a commitment to pray about, Mm -hmm. and then to find that church, not just to attend or to visit, but to become involved where they'll get to be known by the church members, that they will get to know the church members, and that they would find a place of ministry and service in that church, not to stay on the sideline, but to serve the Lord with gladness in whatever opportunities are there in the church where help is needed. Lord, we rejoice day into day in so wonderful a Savior and so great a salvation. Help us, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth as a dress rehearsal for worshiping you in spirit and in truth forever and ever and ever in heaven. These things we pray in Jesus' beautiful, sufficient, and powerful name.
0: Amen. You have been listening to The Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Our morning worship service begins this morning at 10.30 a.m. in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. The protocols for this gathering are available on our website at calvarybible.org.bs. You can also receive these protocols by phone Tuesday or Wednesday 9 a.m. to noon by calling 326-0800. You may also access the live stream of this morning service today at calvarybible.org.bs or on Facebook at CBC Body. This service will be aired at 10.30 a.m. and replayed at 6 p.m. for your convenience. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or write us at P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs the Savior.